Hey, y'all know what time it is. It's the Buy Back Black Business of the Week. Um, So this week's business, I have two of them because it's Black History Month. So we want to make sure that we get, um, you know, our people out there and, and you know, uh, get, get, get the black business going, right? So the first one is a nine-year-old CEO. Her name is um, Zoe. And she is the CEO of uh, a company called Beautiful Curly Me. They're dolls that represent young black girls from hair texture to skin. Um, she, you know, wanted to ask, she asked her mom one day, why is it that she doesn't look like everyone else, why is her hair different? Uh, why wasn't it straight and pretty? So her mom started to try to look for dolls that represent her. Couldn't find any, so they decided to, hey, we're going to make our own. Um, the brand has grown greatly. Uh, the dolls are beautiful, uh, with beautiful hair texture of all types. That's the beautiful thing about it. Um, really a representation of, of our young black girls out here. Um, they have hair care things such as like satin caps, satin caps. I'm thinking about getting me one. I need, I need, uh, I need a good one. Uh, they have pillow satin pillowcases, um, empowering books, face masks, and apparel. Um, this young girl is out here doing the thing and we love to see it. We love to, to hear about it. So congrats to you, Zoe. You are an amazing young girl and with many success ahead of you. Girl, you're already an entrepreneur at nine. <laughs> so if you want to um, tap in with her company, it's beautifulcurlyme.com or you can find them on Instagram or um, Facebook. Um, our second um, black... Uh, our black business is um, from Dr. Siobhan France. She's our guest on the, today's episode, um, and it's called the Re- the Revival Guide. Uh, and she also offers um, black identity coaching. Now, Dr. Siobhan, um, we'll talk about later um, white assimilation and the identity that's placed with that on to most most in you know the black community in order to pass or in order to. Um, live out the American dream or in order to survive, right? And she will later talk about how that affected her life and how that, when she got older, how it affected how she viewed herself as a black woman. She's written a guide in order to help other people who have, who felt like they have fell into that white assimilation and are now trying to come into their own and as, as a black woman and feel more connected with their people. Um, it is a free resource, research, resource. Um, if you go on, um, on her Instagram, there's, there's links to it. Um, and I'll have all this stuff posted, of course. And she also, um, offers black identity coaching, very intelligent woman, very intellectually, uh, spoken. And she's a doctor. So I, I love to say that. I love to see it. Um, like I said, she'll be on here later. So let's hear what she has to say. And uh, let's uh, go ahead and get ready for the show, right? <laughs> Mind your business. Your business. Mind your business. What's up? What's up, my beautiful people? Happy Friday, Friday. What's going on, my people? Welcome back to Mind Your Business Podcast with your mind. 
should forever be in your business. <laughs> what up, y'all? It's your girl, the Damo. Clearly in a great mood this Friday. Um, you know, it's always a great thing. Um, we made it through another week. Uh, we made it, you know, to another weekend. It's time to unwind or just refocus yourself. Um, we made it through the first week of February, y'all. The first week. We know this month goes by super fast, but, you know, um, first week, I hope it's been good for you guys. I hope you've been finding um, peace and tranquility. If not, don't worry. It's going to come. Remember, every every battle is a little one compared to you winning the war. So hold on, my beauty. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, I have a guest with me. Uh, I've been really looking forward to having this individual come on, um, especially when I connected with her. And it's kind of in a weird way. Um, um, and I've been telling you guys, I've been trying to get more connections with people on here and um, to bring you guys great content. And I think she has a story that is tremendous and really, really, really needs to be told because I think it, it will help break down a lot of barriers in the black community. First and foremost, let me stop. Happy Black History Month, like for real. Um, we know that we celebrate Black History year round. Um, this month really is our anniversary more than anything else. Um, anniversary of us and our people. So I just really want to, you know, give it up for, for us and, and really, you know, take hold in this month and, and, you know, take pride in this month. Um, uh, because we are a great people. And I thought like, you know, this month I would love to have episodes that, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, this podcast is created for the platform of black and brown people. But uh, this month, I really want to, like, dive a little bit more into our black culture and, um, and you know, what that what it means for us. Um, interestingly enough, uh, before we even start the episode, speaking of black history, I did want to talk about Carter G. Woodson. Um, who was a um who was a prominent figure in our black history um he, he uh was a historian an author a journalist and founder of the association of the study of Afri- african african american life and history um uh he was the founder of the journal of negro history um and which which included our history and um <clears throat> he's considered to be the godfather well the father of black history um in february 1926 he launched the celebration of negro history um week which then turned into black history month uh and <laughs> the great reason why i wanted to highlight him first is because yes we have black history month now because of him, because of him trying to preserve our history and to to let it be known what type of people we are and, and how great we are as a people. Um, so I think it's great. I think it's amazing. February is a wonderful month because, you know, it's also my birthday month. But February is a great, great, great month. Um, and... Uh, what makes me even more proud is Carter G. Woodson is a part of my family lineage on my mother's side. Uh, he is kin to me, a relative. And just to know that my black history um, 
coincides with him because he was born in New Canton, Virginia. Um, and that that's exactly where my grandparents uh, reside. And that's exactly where my mom's side of the family is from. And he is like straight descendant. Um, I'm, I'm basically, I'm related to him. And I think that's just the most phenomenal thing in the world, um, to have the father of black history connected to me. Um, it makes me even more proud. It, it, it kind of shows me why I'm so like my mom would say militant. And so, um, why I'm so um, gun ho and so uh, so pushy, I couldn't find the word, about black history and celebrating our culture. So it kind of just makes me a little bit more proud um, in my heritage to know that it's that close to me. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know, it, it's just amazing. And I think we should all take the time to this this year to not just focus on the prominent figures in our black history that we all know about, but to really research and look into other things that we don't know because really without us um, and in our intelligence, in our resilience and our persistence and our talent, a lot of things would not be um, in this country, in this world. So I'm just super, super black. I'm proud to be black, I'm super, super proud of 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 my heritage clearly just super proud of of you know of my people and um you know i just want to you know get that out the way um get our uh great guest on here and you know for the for the this next month our episodes will be slightly different they might not be in the usual format so that's fine um just bear with us guys bear with me um and uh you know Let's get started. <laughs> and we are back. What's up, y'all? We have a special guest here with us today. Um, I am super, super excited about this. This is something that has been trying to get into the works for some time. And I remember I told y'all that I was expanding this year and trying to network more and 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 bring more professionals on here. And not only that, but like build genuine connections. And you know, this guest. She's low-key become like a little kiki partner. She don't know it yet. Uh, <laughs> the connection is, is pretty wild and pretty crazy, even how it came about. So I'm extremely excited to uh, to share her with you guys. Uh, it's, it's, it's genuine conversation. So uh, she goes by the name of Siobhan. But uh, I will let her introduce herself because um, she's not no ordinary lady. She has some credentials behind her name. And, you know, you know, guys, I love some credentials. You know, I, I like some uh, some letters behind that their name. So I want to introduce you guys, my new Kiki partner, uh, Siobhan. Hey, Siobhan, how you doing? Hi, thank you so much. <laughs> I am so honored to be here. And I have a feeling we need to talk about those credentials and how yes. identity tied up in those credentials. But we'll save that for the actual yes. aspect of it. But I am uh, Dr. Siobhan France. I am a physical therapist. I've been a practicing clinician now for nine years. Um, and I love what I do. I love my patients, but you know, life really just starts to take a whole different toll when you wake up one day and you just remember who you really are. Mm. And so I got into an aspect of business where I started creating rehab programs for people to get out of joint pain. and that led me into the wellness community and doing some things on a holistic side. And, you know, through all of that journey, I really 
kind of struggled to like find my name, find find my space. And through all of that, it kind of led me here, which is how you and I have connected, mm-hmm. really talking about mental health, talking about white assimilation, talking about altering myself and what all of that has then kind of led me into um, what I'm doing now. So I like to say, yes, I'm a physical therapist, but honestly, I'm really all about mind, body, spirit and soul connection to live a hopeful and fulfilled life. Mm. Don't she sound good, y'all? Don't she? She sounds so great. Look, look, I just be looking like, uh huh, yeah, okay, uh huh, yeah. She reaches to the soul. No, like I, I we, uh, we actually connected. We, we, well, we tried to figure out how, but from what I remember, I saw a post of something that you posted, and I said, mm, this is some good stuff right here. And I, I reposted it, and then from there, I was like. Wonder she got some more stuff and I hit the follow and then uh I just so happened to browse through a page. I said, Oh, okay, you know, this is cute stuff, okay, got you. But it wasn't until she uh was on her story, on her IG story, and actually started telling a tad bit of her story that I was like, Oh wait, hold on a second. She has a has a uh has a story for real, for real, and uh, it needs to be heard, it needs to be told, and she was she was talking about something so interesting that it, it caught my attention, and I was like, oh, I must know more, and then, wow, we're here now. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> we're here now. Two worlds colliding. Yes. So, um, yeah, that was a beautiful, natural type of connection, and, and um, yeah. I, I, I had to get her on here to talk, because, you know, we talk about a lot of things that deal with mental health and we talk about a lot of things that deal with wellness and we also look to do a lot of things that have to do with solution for these things because we just don't want it to be about problem 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 we need to have some type of solution some type of action some type of techniques or skills to put forth so that we can continue on a healthy journey rather than just wallowing in something and um Siobhan caught my my attention uh not just by how she spoke, but um, about what she spoke on. And and if you guys you guys know, we're both black females um, looking at each other right now. But in a sense, we have two different complete backgrounds. And in our in our community, that is that is a similar story for a lot of people. We can be the same exact skin tone um, within the same race relation and still have completely different backgrounds on two different extremes you know what i'm saying and 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 that that's really what caught my eye because i mean y'all know me i'm your little girl from camden and you know i sound how i sound i like my my big hoop black you know not black but my big hoop earrings i got got some hoops on yeah but you got door knockers door knockers okay (laughs) door knockers all right like you know what I'm saying, and 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 then I'm looking at Siobhan, and she had her nice curly hair and just bubbly personality, smile, and you know she can fit in any room, but just like hello, my name is, and and as I've shared with her before, um, that can that that makes me look at the spectrum of blackness a little sideways, because how is that we can both be the same, literally same color, and be so 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 different so uh I, I basically wanted to tell her story 
and obviously, you know, the conversation will grow from there. Y'all know how we do. But I, I, I think her story is interesting. And I think it's a story that goes on a lot in our community. And nobody ever talks about. So, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> listen, I have grown up in predominantly white I went to a predominantly white elementary school, a predominantly white high school, a predominantly white college, and then a predominantly white grad school. And what's interesting is both my parents are from Trinidad. They came here to give my brother and I a better life. But they also, I think, fell into this American dream, thinking that you have to do it a certain way. And if you mm-hmm. want to do it a certain way, you got to do it like the white man. And that was kind of the conversation on how how do our kids be successful? Well, mm-hmm. let's let's do this white man American dream. And so I went to these schools kind of on purpose because my parents thought in order to have success, then here's where you need to go to get it. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening to me personally was I was in this predominantly white space and couldn't really figure out who I was because I recognized I wasn't white, but yet I think I started to adapt kind of what we know as like a white tendency or white Mm -hmm. because what started to happen was just the way I speak even some of the black kids were would say why do you talk like that you talk white and here I am well what does talking white look like what does that sound (laughs) like I didn't really know what that was but what's so unique is I'm talking like fourth fifth and sixth grade like prime years where we're starting to make friends and get to know ourselves and figure some things out and it was just a lot of emotional trauma in recognizing I didn't fit in with the black crowd because I don't talk black enough and um, they always used to call me an Oreo, but <laughs> no crap wasn't white. Mm. So then I was like, well, who am I? Like, I'm not really fitting in anywhere. However, the white people were never making fun of me, at least right. not to my face. Mm. So that's kind of where I started to hang out more and I never really felt accepted by the black kids. So I was like, well, why would I hang out there? That doesn't even make sense. Mm. So that kind of like really shaped the rest of my life. Because then when I went to high school, the exact same story happened. I was still talking the way I talk, just the way I dress, and the way that I am, and I found myself really being a social butterfly. I felt like I couldn't fit in anywhere. I was not black enough for the black crew. I wasn't white, but I was accepted there. And I'm doing air quotes right now, accepted yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, y'all can't see, this is a podcast. <laughs> but I'm doing air quotes. But I just started to really submerge and infuse myself. And, and I started to have this veil over my eyes of kind of the point of view of the world from a white person. And, right. and I know that that probably sounds a little sketch. Yeah. Right? But after, <laughs> it, 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 it sounds sketchy. It sounds sketchy. But I had this view because I was assimilating so hard that I really started to adopt some of the subconscious thoughts and processes around black people in general. Mm. because I felt like I was not accepted there. And because this group was accepting me, I kind of had this like chip on my own shoulder against mm. my own crowd. Cause I was like, y'all, y'all don't like me anyway. Right. So that kind of carried on through um, college and then even through um, PT school. And I kind of find myself now at this pivotal point, um, murder of George Floyd happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll fill that gap if, if the, con- the conversation goes there. But when he died, I felt something. 
I felt something for the black community that I have never felt before, wow. ever. I felt truly connected to the black community and mm. I couldn't understand why. But one of my friends had come to visit me and we went out to lunch. And this was in, um, when was this? This was in July, early, mm. early July. And uh, he had died in uh, March. Uh, not March. Um, it, was somewhere, it was somewhere like, yeah, May. May 25th, May 25th. Um, and there was a protest happening. So here we are having lunch and there's a peaceful protest happening. And my white friend, she says, oh, come on. And I just felt a little like, why would I go there? Like something felt a little off, right? Mm -hmm. But we go into this protest and we're just, you know, peacefully walking down the road. And there's a moment where we all stop and we put our fist up and everyone's chanting Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sobbing. I'm <laughs> bawling. Like, even just talking about it right now, I'm feeling emotional because it was in that moment for the first time I actually felt fused with mm -hmm. my blackness. Wow. I felt like I wasn't shying away from anything. It felt like, it felt like a, like a, like a hurt, like a real cry. Mm -hmm. Like, our people had been hurting. Wow. And here I am upholding white, you know, supremacy because I didn't I didn't know right like I had I had no idea and I, w I was crying uncontrollably and I just mm. thought to myself what the hell is happening like something inside of me shifted so deeply that I felt super grounded and rooted in who I was and it literally felt like like veil just like lifted off my eyes and mm. I recognized that I had been altering myself in this white space that really moved me away from my true essence mm -hmm. as a black woman right and now i feel like i just have this responsibility like i have this mission to help empower other black women who are assimilating themselves in white spaces and don't even know it because mm. the moment you start to assimilate yourself in a white space you might go back home to your black community but there's still a part of you that teaches yourself that you have to alter yeah there's still that subconscious program that you run thinking like I get to alter myself. So if you feel like you can't show up fully in your in your corporate space because you are altering yourself, mm -hmm. you're gonna start to learn that pattern and then go home into your real life and start mm -hmm. to hide and still alter yourself. Mm -hmm. So I know my story is, I, it feels a little extreme and um, I just made a post on my social media talking about being on here and I said, I'm about to get emotionally naked because a lot of these have been my thoughts and it, it feels extreme. I feel like people don't realize what has been happening inside my inside my head, inside no, my, my heart. But I really do want to help other women who have that veil pull out of it. Because it, it, it's not just the assimilation. It's like what that has done right. to the your life. Right. Because it is, it's definitely something that is not spoken on. Um, it, 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 and you see it like... As a kid, I, I expressed to you before, as a kid, I would just see like, oh, that's an Oreo. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that was just what was conditioned to me. That is what I was told that these individuals who might talk a different way. Um, yes, they are black, but they have some type of air about them. They have some type of um, um, chip with them in which they are here and we're here, especially when it comes to the whole thing with me growing up with suburban kids versus hood kids. Like... I was always considered 
hood kid. Always had an accent. Always had a little more oomph in my voice. Always a little attitude. You know what I'm saying? And I had to learn how to code switch when I went to college. And that was the strangest thing for me because I was like, what, wait, what? Why can't I talk to these people like this? Why don't they understand that? Like, what you mean? I got to... Listen, listen to what you just said. You you just said I had to learn how to code switch. Mm-hmm. Isn't that some stuff? Yeah. I had to learn to switch because I was, it was always that who I was was not digestible for people. Mm. So my mom... You, you remind me a lot of my mother because that's how my grandmother, they're from the South, they're from Virginia, from the Bones, um, and they, were, they raised all their children to be like that, to be very like, you know, you have to present yourself this way. Yeah. This is how, we, you know, yeah. that's, that's my mom's about to, you know, she's in her late 50s, so that's that type of era of, of where my grandparents came from, like, you got to pass, and this is how you pass. Uh- and, and that's what my family grew up with. So when it came to me, my mom was so confused of why you don't want black straight hair? Like, why do you talk this way? Or like, why? Well, that's, your, that's the part of your father and stuff like that. And we were just talking this morning, me and her, every darker person on that side of the family has been like me, but they failed at it because they have automatically went into, well, let me conform to the rest of the family. Where I was just like, nah, this ain't right. Like, this, I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't like hiding who I truly am just to appease to everybody else. At the same time, it caused the jealousy because I see other people and I'm like, well, they're able to pass. They're able to exist in these spaces where I can't. And here I am trying my hardest to make sure I'm, I'm super educated, to make sure that I have the accolades, to make sure I come off of this, yes, I might be different, but I'm very intelligent to prove to somebody else my worth when all along, I'm, I'm the prize. Like, I'm, I'm what it is. So, it, and it, but, but it, at, at a younger age, it was that jealousy of, I can't pass. Mm. Is, see and what's so funny and that's something you you had said to me that really sparked me you said there was a there was a jealousy there for somebody like myself mm-hmm. I'm looking at you like how can she do that like how can she show up in herself and it wasn't from a judgment I'm trying to figure out like how do you do that how do you get comfortable in that skin mm-hmm. because even though I'm altering I'm still feeling uncomfortable like I'm I'm aware and let's just be real. I walk out the door every single day very aware of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single black person that, that doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I always tried to pretend like that part didn't exist. Right. And that was uncomfortable. But I'm over here looking at people like you like, how do you do that? How do you show up in your skin unapologetically? That's not something I had figured out until now. Yeah. It's a fight. It's a fight. Yeah. It, yeah. It, is, it is downright uncomfortable sometimes you go through I, I I can recall times where I just I really doubted who I was as a person because it was like I can't be this different you know I can't be this it it, it, it almost made it made people made me feel like it was so wrong mm. and I was like how is it so wrong for my light to shine if the, I think like that's what, if it's inside of me and it's fighting to come out, how is it so wrong for me? Like, I, I, I don't, I can't hide that. Like, if it, it, it burns, if I try to, you know how you take a candle, you try to put your hand over, it's gonna, it's gonna burn your hand a little bit. That's what it felt like trying to 
uh, hide myself. Now, this came mainly when I came into college because I was I was at a, a PWI, um, and that was my first time really being amongst a, a a lot of people who did not look like me. Um, I had been to school before in, in elementary school, and whatever, where I it was a mixed population, but nonetheless, majority were 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 black children. So when I went to college, it was more of a I already had the the thing on my head like I didn't I never thought I was gonna graduate high school, I never thought I was gonna live to the age of eighteen, just because of the things that I was involved in and, and the things that I got trumped up in, I just never thought I would hit those landmarks. So then you take that type of individual who's been places and in experienced life, but then put them in a predominantly white school where they're living on their own, and you're saying, hey, you got to be a student athlete. Um, um, you got to integrate yourself with these people. You have to be a professional. What does that mean? So I was what like, does that mean? and what does that look like? Right. And why, why is it that professional is, is equated to closer to whiteness? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that irritates my soul yeah. right now because it's, it's what's taught. It's, it, it's kind of what's, what's out there yes. and it's sad. It, it breaks me now so much just to see that kind of like how that's all portrayed. Mm-hmm. And I was taught that I was taught to show up a certain way and be like this and do that. And mm-hmm. like I was taught all of that. And here's the thing. I played it so well and so strong. Like I was really good at it. <laughs> I was really good at it. But you just said something that, that kind of made, made me, um, made me think, you know, when, when we are in these spaces and we feel like we need to integrate to what is around us, how, how did that start to affect you? Like, like what, what started to happen in your own personal life? Because it's the space we're in where there's a bunch of white people, Mm -hmm. but then what is it like when you go back into your real life where, where you're not in that space anymore? How are you showing up differently? Did that change you? Did that change who you were? Yeah, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. Like having to to take the aspect of even a little further, being a student athlete, you know, they're paying you to represent the school. Nonetheless, like if you mess up, oh, they, they're pulling it. Like you, you're supposed to be a representation of them. So with that, you have to be so squeaky clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't make the wrong move, say the wrong thing. I remember that's when Twitter uh, just started really booming. I was like, 2009, 2010, Twitter really started to make its thing. They would tell us, oh, you, you no, we will monitor your account. We will monitor your Facebook. Be very cautious of what you say. You can't use profanity. You can't post this type of music. You can't post these type of pictures. And it was just like, what? I felt like I was never myself. So it was exhausting to put on this facade. On top of it, I was going through some mental things. Didn't know what it meant at the time because I I never, you know, back then you didn't really know about mental health for real. So battling that, battling being this quote unquote public figure, then existing in a space that I've never been in before. When I would come home and take off that mask, I was exhausted. Like literally felt... It's a mask. It was a mask. It was a whole mask. And even it started to make me feel uncomfortable even in my own space. I mean, I would go in my room, close my door and be able to, you know, that's my, my time to be myself. Even felt like that wasn't real anymore. 
Like, that seriously. right there is exactly what I'm talking about. Even though there was just a little bit of assimilation that happened, like it wasn't your whole life, and I'm not mm -hmm. taking away from that at all. But that just proves it is the moment we alter ourselves, mm -hmm. period. We are teaching our subconscious mind a new form of being. Mm -hmm. And that's the program that runs our life. And here's what's interesting is when you started to, to say, like, how, how could it be so wrong? Like if, if I'm feeling such and such on the inside, mm -hmm. for me, I felt like kind of trouble and difficulty showing up because I felt like other black women would attack me because my mm -hmm. story is different than theirs. Yep. And it's been, it's been hard. I, like I said, I feel emotionally naked every time I talk about this because I recognize that many black women don't have my story the way that I have it in, mm -hmm. in that way. Like you right. definitely experienced it. But that's kind of been my whole life to the point where I'm now, I've now gotten to the space where I just am who I am. Right. And these are the women I'm looking to, to help. But some of my fear was just being able to show up and have other black women still respect me as another black female and my story. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and that's common because in, in the black community itself, we have a horrible horrible tendency of judging amongst ourselves in our yeah. own community. It, 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 I was just talking to somebody this the other day. If you weren't, um, if you were from a different area, if you were from the suburbs, I don't want to hear you complain about nothing because at least you was in this type of environment. At least you got these opportunities, whatever like that. Like some people, even with me, I went to a private school in high school out of safety. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom, struggled but she made a way to get me to be in a private school out of safety people came at me talking about well because you didn't go to public school you don't relate to this it's it's always a because you didn't go through this struggle we have a bad tendency of wanting to struggle and it comes from the mindset of we used to have to struggle now it's like hey if you don't go through some some type of struggle if you don't feel some type of hurt you don't fit the black experience which is not yeah. true which is not true that's powerful that is powerful. And I feel like that was kind of the chip people thought I had. Like, I really didn't have that, though. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm down for everybody. But I felt like people weren't down for me. Right. And so they're whatever. Like, right. you're not down for me. That actually hurt me so much in, in trying to squeeze my way in and feel that way. When in all actuality, we can actually have it all. Right. Our essence is our essence. Period. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that that level of division and separation within our community, like created by white people. Yes, most definitely. Yes, created it's a hierarchy. By white That's why colorism exists. Yes, yes. It goes it goes so deep. But my thing now is, we don't need to struggle. We don't need to keep identifying with struggle. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't need to focus there. We actually can focus on the light that we do have. Shine a light on our story so other people can be attracted to our lighthouse mm -hmm. so that they can create their own lighthouse mm -hmm. for themselves and then collect their own tribe. I because like that. It's, it's through our stories that we really start to allow our whole community to actually elevate. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. matters to me from, from a soul being right now that we continue to elevate because I feel like, and this is kind of how I've like described it, I feel like I've seen another side of the fence. Mm. And I'm now coming back and I'm like, yo, come on. Like, like come join me over here. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like I've seen so much and I've done a lot of personal development. And it's weird because I, I used to be in the self-help section 
of the bookstore in high school mm. all the time. I think my mom thought something was like wrong. Like, why did that kid always do something else? Like, every chicken soup book, I got it. Listen. Like, every single chicken soup book, I got it. Okay, chicken soup was good. Okay. <laughs> I got it, right? I got it. And what was so interesting was I was trying to find who I was. Mm. I've always been on personal development, mental. I've always been that kid. And so I poured a lot of like a lot of knowledge into my brain that I didn't know how to use. Mm. So even as an adult now, when I had personal development, I now say there's an area of personal development that's not being talked about when it comes to the black community. Mm-hmm. Like what is your what is your story and your piece in the black community? Well, mine happens to be around assimilation and altering myself and having this level of a, a subconscious program mm-hmm. that was now running other aspects of my life that made me not be as successful as I wanted to be from a business standpoint in the wellness sectors and, and different things because I felt like I had to do it like the, this person or mm-hmm. that person. I was still consistently comparing myself to what was happening outside of me and still altering myself mm-hmm. and what was going on. So now I'm just like, man, there's an aspect of personal development that we need to talk about and it relates to our story. Yeah. Period. Yes. Not not just, oh, here, use this meditation or use this thing or use mm. this like those are all great. But if we don't understand the root in which we feel disconnected from ourself. Right. <laughs> that right we there. Don't, no, we don't we we need to learn how to integrate that with our story. Mm-hmm. Because if you can do all the self care that you want. You can you can read all the books, you can take all the webinars, seminars, whatever have you. You can talk to the therapist. And this is something I said last week on last week's episode. You can do all this stuff. But if you're not implementing it to you and your background, everybody has a different perception on 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 what's right, what's wrong, what's life, whatever have you. We all come from different backgrounds. So I, 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 I try to not really judge, you know, I try to just, you know, I just try to, if it's advice offered, sometimes I really don't even like offering advice. Cause it's just like, you know, that I don't know, I don't know your situation. I can have a similar one, but it's not me. I don't know how you think this, that, and a third. But what I'm saying is if, if we all take whatever, whatever these help things are, you know, whatever, and implement it to our own life with our own perception, yeah. with our own, with our own um, um, tools, whatever like that. If we arm ourselves with it and work on our inner self for real, we will be better of a people. And I just don't mean a black people. I mean, just a people in general, like, humans. yeah, human, because and, and it's the craziest part, because white people. You will see them, they will go to therapy, they will do all the work, they will sit, you know, we, we, a lot of times in the black community, we laugh and joke about them and stuff like that, but they recognize that homeboy over here might be a hillbilly, uh, shawty over here might be a, a, a scholar, homeboy right here might be a little cuckoo, but they're all pieces of our community and we're going to wo- make it come together and, and, and wove it together and, and, and that's how we're going to be stronger as a people. We don't do that. We look at everything as competition, competition, yeah. or it's a, it's a, it's all about a, a, a badge, a badge, like, and, 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 it, and it goes way, way, way back to how we had to do that as survival. But it's like, y'all, I get it, but we are out of survival. I mean, 
we're not completely out of survival mode. We still have to be very cautious and very aware. But a lot of those things that our ancestors used to have to do to be super cautious of themselves and to make sure that they pass through life, we don't have to carry that same load. You know, times have come around where it's a new fight for us to figure out a solution with. That, those, those things of old, they don't carry over now. They don't. Because if you see the, the, the ways to suppress us and the, and the ways to bring racism more into our communities has heightened than it has back then. They've developed new things that come and get us now. Like, you'd be like, what? It, you can do what now in order to keep, you know, like, so we have to kind of modernize our weapons, you know, to protect ourselves and, and, to, and to, to exist in the battle, but we're so stuck in the be behind. We're so stuck, we're I so busy shooting each other down. I think what's so interesting is, and it, and it brings back to your point of being stuck in that struggle. Like, we're here to break generational curses, mm -hmm. but we also can create generational blessings. Yes. And if we keep remaining stuck in that struggle, we'll stay on the struggle bus. Yes. Like, where you focus is what grows. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting now is shadow work. A lot of people talking about doing shadow work. And I was just telling somebody the other day, we could be doing shadow work, but like the shadow isn't you. Mm -hmm. Like you need to walk with shadow. Mm -hmm. You don't need to keep looking at shadow and live in the shadow. And it really comes to like all this personal development stuff that's out there now. How do we teach our people to integrate it? Right. Like how do we actually integrate? How do we infuse that level of knowledge with our being? And that's actually the very thing that I teach and coach on is mm -hmm. that because we are reading the books. Like, I think we are getting, we're getting smarter. Yes. We were always smart. We were always smart. We are damn smart. Yeah. However, I don't think we use and necessarily apply our knowledge all the right. time. Right, that, that, that is so it. We are, we are reading these books and we're doing the seminars and like we're doing the things, but it's like, are we doing it just to do it because it looks good, feels good, sounds good? Mm -hmm. Or are we actually using it from a platform of being able to elevate mm -hmm. ourselves and then help elevate others? I used to feel real guilty about wanting to like acquire all this knowledge and integrate all these things into my life. But to be honest with you, like I've been preparing for my tribe of, of leaders of women who I'm helping to create. I've been preparing for them my whole life. Right. Right. It's, it's a preparation for me right now. And that's what I'm cultivating because mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not here to stay on the struggle bus. I do shadow work. I do my meditations. I do, like I do a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. However, I also focus very heavily on my light. I focus very heavily on my essence of who I am. And I'm here to help remind women of their essence, mm -hmm. of their light, of their beingness, whatever background. But let's get out from under the thumb mm -hmm. of white assimilation and like really come together with our people. Like, what I loved about this when we first met was just how raw and real it was. And we both sat here like, man, our stories are wildly different. <laughs> but we're talking about the same sector when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. When it comes to taking care of our mind, our body, our spirit, our soul, and mm. shine our essence. Like, you have an amazing podcast. More people need oh, to hear about you. it. I'm going to promote the hell out of it. Not <laughs> but because it's amazing what you're, what you're doing because... You're, you're raw. Like, mm. you are that person who, like, it, it's the voice in, 
someone's head. Like they're in the closet listening to your podcast because they're like, man, I don't want nobody to know I have these thoughts. Right. That's why we keep having to share our stories Mm. because this actually I think is part of the integration for our community because we're letting them know it's okay to talk about this. Yeah. And I always say like, I literally feel emotionally naked every single time, but I'll continue to do that because I know my voice is also the voice someone else is hearing Mm -hmm. that they need. And if you think about it, if you take the uh, the analogy of being naked, it's so taboo. Okay. And when you think back at it, no matter what you believe the creation story to be or whatever have you, there was a point where we were all walking around this earth unclothed. And, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with that. It wasn't anything like looked down upon it was it was it was regular it was normal it was taught to embrace your body um centuries ago as time moved on we became it became taboo it became um um a thing of disgust not to uh accept who we are in our nakedness metaphorically you look now everyone's so ashamed of, of, of what they really possess and what's underneath their metaphorical clothes that we all try to fit into the same garment. You know what I'm saying? Like, even especially with social media now, it's like everybody wants to be a guru. So we're all going to fit into this same type of aesthetic and boom. This, and and you, what you start to find is sometimes you need to be naked because you're trying to put on somebody else's clothes and they don't fit. They, they don't fit you at all. You're trying to squeeze yourself into it. And, and it's like, what, what, are, what are you doing? And then it starts to backlash on you because now you're in a place that you're stuck and you're in a place that you start getting called out because people can feel that. They can see that. They see it's not genuine. So you have to strip yourself down there. I, I, I love when people come in and be like, oh, you're so raw, Dom. You're so real. You're so candid. And a part of me has always been very vocal my mom will tell you, she called me sister soldier, like everything like that. I've always been. I read that book. The yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, she, my mom will tell you, she was like, you know, Dom's been very vocal. I've been trying to do protests since I was little, like for school, everything like that. But even in all my extroverted, you know, energy, I didn't start to become really naked, emotionally naked, mentally naked with myself even physically naked and comfortable with myself until about maybe two years ago when I really just had to be like, why is it that I feel like I am not who I'm destined to be? Why do I feel like I'm walking through this earth as a zombie and I'm not living because I'm no longer feeling anything. I'm just going through routine. I'm doing the things that are told for me to do because it's said to be right. But is this really what I want to do? You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't until then that I started really making the decision of, I don't care what color my hair is or what it look like, I'm going to do it. I don't care if I got a tattoo that's going to be there, boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it started breaking down the walls and I started to get naked and finding who I, who I am and really start to express like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with me. All this that I possess inside and out, physically, mentally, emotionally, it's not for anybody else to accept for myself. And until I started to accept that, love on myself, and really be able to look at myself and say, mm, you have greatness. Even though you don't always feel it, you have greatness. That is when I started to become 
real with myself and to be unapologetic. And then it started to seem like my words started to hold so much more light. But when I was a kid, when I was younger, man, no, it was shame to be a black girl. Like, how dare I be black and female? See, I never felt that. See, yeah, it, it's not a, it, it was not a good feeling. It was not I a good feeling. I never felt that. Like, it was I not. I never felt that. That's so weird. And it's, it's weird to hear you say that because I never felt ashamed of being black ever. I will say, like, even though I didn't, I don't even know if I could find the words. I never felt ashamed of being black. Mm -hmm. I've always been proud AF to be black, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> hardcore. I just, I loved myself. I loved myself. It really had to do with, do other people love me? Mm. And here's what I do to make sure other people love me. Here's what I need to do to make sure I fit in so I'm accepted. Because you know what? Both my parents immigrated here. I have to do good. So if I'm going to do good, then I have to assimilate so yeah. I can get ahead and I could do these things. Like I, I felt like I was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Like I was doing it for something. But not once was I like, no, nah, I don't want to be black. Like, nah, I loved, I loved my skin from day one. And that actually makes me feel really good. No, that's because beautiful. I think there are people that like think I hate being black. Like I've never hated being black. Even when I used to wear my hair straight, I never, I never hated it. Mm -hmm. I've always liked my hair. Now, now my hair is curly. But it's, it's just interesting to hear like how we can feel comfortable in, in our skin and in our emotions and our this and our that and how much shame. And there's just so much shame. And if you follow the um, like energy and the vibrational freak freak vibrational frequencies mm -hmm. then you're going to see shame is at the bottom mm -hmm. we can't create anything out of shame like that's why doing the shadow work is good but then you can't stay in the shadow work like mm -hmm. you you have to come back to the light and you got to go back and gather up your tools and figure out the root causes and then come back into your light you can't just stay there so it's interesting to hear you say that i went off on a tangent but like no I'm it's just, okay i'm just like yeah you know, I've, I've always loved like being who I am in yeah. the skin it was more so like the acceptance of other people yeah. it felt like a, it, it felt like a punishment sometimes yeah. being different being um like I said my mom's side of the family they're pretty much lighter you know what I'm saying they they all talk very very beautifully like you know what I'm saying it was always when I went over there I felt like the outcast I just talked to my mom about this on my mom's side everybody's a little bit lighter um, very well educated, kind of, you know, got that, you know, air about them. Yeah. yeah, it's like very, very, very much so, um, we've arrived. Um, and on my dad's side, I was considered sedity because I wasn't as hood as them. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, because I wasn't living the certain experiences they were feeling. So it kind of put me in the middle. And I felt like sometimes that being, being, black was a punishment because it just seemed like sometimes it was just you got treated differently or or you know and that's why i said the jealousy of not being able to fit in those spaces kind of upset me because it was like well i want to be accepted too so i created this persona of just being loud and out there and oh you're gonna hear me if, if you're not gonna accept me oh you're gonna hear me i'm going to be heard and and you know as, as some aspects it helped in other aspects, it kind of hurt a little bit because then you get slapped with the stigma or the stereotypes of being that certain type of, you know, black woman. And mm -hmm. even living with that for so many years, 
I literally did become angry. Remember, I, t I talked to you about that. I kind of, I came very angry about it. And even yeah. in my first year of college, my teammates had to sit me down and were like, honey, you're mad at the world. Huh. You are taking out the frustrations that the world has thrown at you and you're putting it on other people who don't deserve it. Like, you really got to work on you and work there's on so that. There's projection happening. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much projection. And, and that's within, that, that's just across the world. Oh, right, yeah. In general. But there's so much projection of who we are being as a people and as a community projecting onto other mm -hmm. black people in our community. Mm -hmm. Like, that level of projection is real. That, that level of anger sometimes that we feel is, is real. And, and how we take that out on other people. The crazy part is so many don't even recognize that it's a projection. Mm -hmm. And that comes across as judgment. Mm -hmm. And whatever you judge in others always reflects back to something you might need to look at for yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of just like, man, we don't even know that we are basically biting off our own tails. Us as a community, we're, we're, we're just so angry and looking for somebody else to feel what we feel. And, and, and we're looking for somebody to like, oh, do y'all know what we go through? That we turn around and we're, ended up, we're ending up biting our own tails off constantly. And, and, and we, allow, we allow for others to treat us the way that we do because they see how we it's just like using the n-word they say well you guys say it, why can't we say it and you know what i'm saying like and and, and you know I, I i would say side note because it's ours fool like duh but it goes to show the example of they're looking at us and how we treat each other is they're looking at us like oh well if they treat each other like that what's the difference if we do because you think about it, most of the times when there's any violence against an unarmed black person or, or just a black person in general, it, the debate is always swung back to, well, black on black crime is, yeah, that's the yeah, first yeah. thing they go to because there's, that's their justification. Well, we treat y'all like that because you guys don't seem to care about yourself. You do it to each other. You talk about each other. You degrade each other. So what is the difference if I do it? Oh, because my skin is different? Where we allow people in general, and like even with it comes to relationships with people, like whatever platonic or not, we allow people to treat us the way they treat us, yeah. but by not setting those boundaries or or yeah. even going a step forward by not caring for ourselves enough. I'm only going to treat you how I see you treating you because you know you better than anybody else. If I see you treating yourself bad, then I mean. Why, why, why is it that I can't get on some, why can't I take advantage of that action? Everything is learned. Everything, everything is learned. All we learned behavior. We are learning what to do, not do. We're learning how to treat, how to not treat. Mm -hmm. Everything is learned. And it, it takes a heightened level of consciousness mm -hmm. to create change. And we are so unconscious to so many things right now. It, it really takes us not only taking off veils, but actually choosing to do something differently when a moment of judgment arises or a bias arises and like consistently checking in with ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. Are you consciously living? Yeah. Are you, are you making choices now that are right for your soul? Are you making choices that are right for our community? Or are you part of the problem? Right. Cause like you, once you, once you start knowing, 
You mm -hmm. can't unknow. Yeah, because it's not you enough. Can't unknow. It's not enough to just to just. I, I say it all the time. It's not enough to just exist on this planet for me. Like I, I don't care if this podcast never reaches the highest heights. I don't care if it ever meets monetary status. I don't care if I ever reach fame. None of that is of importance to me. The only thing that's important to me is that I am known for being here. I want to be known for existing on this planet. Because I know within my existence, I, feel I will fulfill my purpose. I'm on this planet for a reason. Whatever that may be, I'm going to fulfill it. If any of that other stuff comes, so be it. But because it's but not my desire. Trick. That is actually the trick. The trick is to be in your highest self, to mm -hmm. be in your essence. It's a byproduct of the success mm -hmm. of the viewers, of the listeners, of the money, of the everything. It is a byproduct of somebody living in true self-expression. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. You're not just existing. You are actually infused living. Yes, I you like that. You absolutely have taken hold of your voice. And you've taken hold of your voice and you've put it onto a platform of this podcast. And then on this on this platform, you're showing up as you. Hmm. 100%. The byproduct is everything else. Right. That stuff just comes because you are living in your true magic. Mm -hmm. and, like, and you're not worried about what's happening around you. Right. That's actually cool. So, no, your podcast will do amazing <laughs> things, but that's actually not your focus. Mm -hmm. When we're focused on trying to make the podcast do amazing things, then we might be looking outside and be like, well, what does this person do? Maybe I could try like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's what will take away from the essence of who you are and your podcast won't thrive. Right. But you as well because of how you are in your body, in yourself. And, and people want to create things in their life you have to be standing in your most authentic truth. Most definitely. And I'm not just talking about like pretending to be authentic. People feel that energy. We know energetic exchange mm -hmm. when people are coming off real. Yes. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. And you'll only be able to get so far. Oh, you'll get there and then you'll lose it. Yes. Yes. Somebody will go like this mm -hmm. and you'll collapse. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that that's one of the most things that I that it, I don't I don't want to say disgust me because that I feel like that's a tad bit of a harsh word, but it's one of the things that are kind of like disappointing when it comes to the newfound um, the newfound like urgency to push um, self care, mental health, and awareness, and all these things like that. There are so many people out here who are actually doing more damage to other people because they're living in this falsehood, and 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 you can tell. That it's not genuine energy or that it's not accurate, but there are other people who are, are more sheep and, and they're so blinded or in ignorance uh, because they just lack the information that they gravitate to these people and, and, and become dependent on them. You know, it's a difference between when you're doing the self work and, and you're trying to go along this journey and, and you're implementing it or when you're just trying to latch onto something to have it as a bandaid. There's a major difference. A lot of those Band-Aid people that just slap it on because it's like, oh, this is going to be okay. But forget to treat the wound. Grad, grad, um, grad, mm, what's the word? Gravitate to those yeah. people who are living in that falsehood. And then, and they wonder why they're not elevating. 
more falsehood when somebody's living from that ego state mm -hmm. they will attract more people that are looking for that kind of stuff this self-care world is just i think it's kind of gone to shreds mm -hmm. like you really have to weed it out people are like make sure you get your nails done and do your hair and your bath and your face mask that's, no. all, that's all well and great but that's not the real stuff right is not taking care of you clear like, skin ain't gonna change what's inside okay not at all not at all because i do see exactly what you're saying more sheep following more sheep because people are just attached to everything that feels good looks good smells good tastes good mm -hmm. they're just attracted to that yeah. and a lot of that has no substance behind it you look at like uh they're they're flies they're attracted to feces it's the same yeah. type of thing it it, it 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 doesn't mean just because it you know what I'm saying it you can be attracted to somebody something because it, it fuels the ego or it fuels it fuels that surface level thing but it doesn't mean it's penetrating deep it's just something that yeah. we're gravitating to and yeah. and that's where where I agree when a lot of this bubble of self care and mental health is being created a lot of it is just really inflated. Yeah. It's just inflated stuff. To, it's a it's a a thing for the moment. It's it's something like oh this is cool. Like oh this is hip. Let me get it onto this trend, not knowing that it's not a trend. This is this is people's real lives. This is this is this is something that is that can be detrimental to somebody's life. And and I feel like, and it's just, just my opinion. I feel like it's only really like taken seriously when it's to the extremes of somebody's being diagnosed with schizophrenia or somebody's harmed to themselves or suicide is taking place. That's the only time that it's really taken seriously and as something that is um, detrimental to, to, to people. When yeah. even on the level of depression, whether you are clinically depressed or, or you just might feel symptoms of depression, it's serious on any level. It's not just a hear well, boom boom thing. To the whispers though that's happening. Mm -hmm. They're not listening to the whispers that their body is telling them, that their mind and heart is telling them. Mm -hmm. They're not they're not listening to that. They are waiting until things become extreme. And I see that as a practicing clinician all the time mm. like oh you've had knee pain for the past five years well what are you doing in my office now i can't walk now right okay so you're hobbling along you never thought you would get to the point where you can't walk like people are just waiting mm -hmm. people are waiting and what i love about this conversation right now is even though we have our separate stories look at where we just ended up right we ended up talking about self-care we ended up talking about personal development and actually integrating it into our life. Like we actually were just talking about that intersection that I think so many people are missing. Mm -hmm. That That's the power of the story. And I think that's the power of our community to be able to come together and show two separate ways of growing up and living to come together for our community to say, listen, here's what we need to do. We do need to do personal development and self-care and da, da 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 We do need to do these these mm -hmm. things, but understand your story, understand where you have come from, so that way you know how to be the light. You can feel comfortable in showing up more in who you are and create safety around that. Mm -hmm. Because if we understand the story and understand maybe why we have some of the patterns, then we can have more grace with ourselves. Yes. Yes. Things become easier. We can feel more. Mm -hmm. We can begin to forgive ourselves for all the things that, you know, we didn't forgive ourselves for before, you know? So mm -hmm. I just, I love the full circle 
of this and being able to just show up talk about things that were like on our hearts on our minds and just just be be raw like we definitely said some things today that i don't know none of this was planned y'all none, none of it was planned actually i was kind of mad because a call came in the middle i was like no 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 stop 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 so it might be a little bit of a gap but i'm gonna try to fix that you know it's all right but no like it, it's 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 great to you said intersection and and that's often something that we don't we don't really sorry that's a side note for another episode but uh that's a lot of stuff we don't talk about in this in in our community that it doesn't matter what what you come from what level you come from where you reside what titles or labels are are slapped to you at the end of the day we all connect with one another. We all mm -hmm. come into the same path as one another. We're all destined to meet at an intersection somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what makes us, I, I, and you know, it's Black History Month, so I, that's what makes us, I think, so beautiful as a people. You know, and, and I'm a little biased because, you know, I'm Black. <laughs> We're Black, you know, but... Not biased, not biased at all. <laughs> I think that we are a great and beautiful people not just because of how we've overcome, you know, or, or, or what our past has been, our ancestors, because even in the, the, the different spaces that we occupy, even in the, the, uh, the different times that we're in, even in anything that we do, we are resilient, we strive, and, 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 and we, we, we show up. And Resilient. that is beautiful. That is beautiful as a people. And, and I don't, like I said, I, I, I don't just say it as because I'm black. I say it because as I look through history and as I look through different races and different caliber of people going through struggles and, and, and going through highs and lows of life, there has no, there's been no group of people more resilient than okay. us. Not because we want it to be, but because we had to be. Yeah, it attests to our strength. Yeah, it does. We are, we are a resilient. And it's not, it's not just a word. Like, I'm so tired of words these days. It's not just a word. Mm. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. It's a way of being for us. Yeah. It's life. I love that, though. It's life. I love that, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and now being older, I have... I have more sense of pride. Like I've always, I used to think it was a punishment and I used to question why, you know? Older I got, my why started to become answered and I walk now with so much pride of my skin, who I am, my, my past and my present and my, my to come future, you know? Cause you know, that, that's, to me, that's the self love in it all. Being able mm -hmm. to accept who I am, where I am, and where I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty in it. So when I used to be like, Lord, why am I this one? Why do I go through this? Why do I do this? Blah, 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 blah. My whys are now answered. Oh, you had to experience um, th those, those episodes. You had to experience those suicide attempts, all that stuff like that. So now that you can talk to somebody who might not be able to find their voice yet in that aspect or who might not understand what all that means or where it can stem from. Like you had to experience those things as a little black girl in a space where you didn't feel accepted because now you have to speak to other little black girls and little black boys, you know, who, who, 
feel like they're not going to be accepted in the world. That's all. I, when I work, I deal with my children. I work in an urban setting for a reason. I want them to feel heard, prepared for the world ahead of them. Just like mm-hmm. somebody did for me, you know, trying to yeah. be there for them. And, and, you know, once we start realizing that it's not like, why me? Why me? And it's more of taking the lesson out of the situation. You find more peace. That's how I feel right now, honestly. I'm I'm very much at peace. And although talking about it, yes, is hard. It's getting less hard. Mm-hmm. But my peace is actually found in being able to change the lives of other women mm. who don't feel like they're connected to themselves and they don't know where it stems from. Right. No, I get it. And you know what? Bigs to you for even stepping into that light because some people would have that feeling but be so afraid to step out on that because of the feeling of, well, nobody's going to want to hear from me. Nobody's going to want to hear my narrative. Nobody's going to even care enough. And then what you start to find is that when you start walking in the thing that's uncomfortable, when you birth that thing, you'd be like, all these people come out and you'd be like, oh, Oh, so I'm doing what I need to do. <laughs> oh, so y'all like this. Okay. Okay. I'm so shocked at the amount of women who say that they code switch and alter themselves in white spaces. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not the only person doing it. But the difference now is I recognize how that seeped into other aspects of my life. Yeah. It taught me to hide in other areas. There are some women yet I'm having conversations with where they don't know how mm-hmm. that has trickled into their life. Because they can't, they can't see it. Mm-hmm. Like, of course not. You can't see how altering and code switching is now linked to the fact that you don't have the business that you want to have, or, or you're not making the kind of money that you want to have, or you're hiding in your relationship so you aren't communicating well. Like, you're not seeing all that connection, mm-hmm. and all of that leads back to disconnect with self. Yeah, all because you've been in this predominantly white space where you have to alter yourself. It's crazy. Yeah, it it. it... Oh, man, you know, we could talk for four days about this. We but... could, we could. No, I hear you. I hear you. No, it's, no. it's, it's, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. And, and I, like I said, I, I applaud you and I thank you so graciously that you find it in you to share your story. Not only share your story, but be the light that we talk about so you can shine for others. That, 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 is, that is amazing. And it can sometimes be a heavy responsibility, but the reward is so so much greater and you know thank you for walking in that that is tremendous that 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 is nothing little you know a lot of times in Tennessee we 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 hum we call ourselves humbling ourselves but we make ourselves so little to not seem like boastful but no you're out here doing great work moving in multiple capacities you know and and creating creating a conversation and a sense of healing that needs to happen because you, and, and, and it's beautiful. And I, I love I it. I appreciate that. I love Thank it. You. And I receive that. I do. Like, I know that that's a, that's a, it feels like a huge feat, but mm-hmm. honestly, like I said earlier, I really feel like I've just been preparing my whole life for how I'm going to lead women. Mm-hmm. Like it's been a preparation and this intersection that has happened during the past year like I, I feel liberated 
in just self. And so I can't keep that just to me. Yes. Um, it needs to be passed on. So thank you for saying that. Thank you for having me. Yes. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you having the courage to just send somebody a message and look to connect. And um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for more com- conversations and then continued connections. And um, I'm sure this probably won't be the last time. No, this will definitely not be the last time. You know, y'all, she definitely coming back. She don't know yet, but she coming back. Uh, and I don't let people go. You know, I like to bring people I back. To show. You. I receive, I receive, I receive. Yes. Uh, well, this has been beautiful. Guys, hold on. We're going to finish the rest of our show. Bear with me. We'll be back. All right. So I wanted to come tell you guys about the self-care tip. Of, of this week um this one i'm not sure if i if we talked about it but i really 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 think it's something that um you should invest in reason being is because i started to realize that uh i was talking to somebody and they were just telling me like how they're all, i just was like you know what you're always on the go you never take time um to really do for yourself. You're always doing for others or you're constantly moving. And I never really see you alone. I really never see you without um, a phone. I never see you like just quiet. You know what I'm saying? You're always moving, always on the go. And it kind of inspired me for this week's self-care tip of the week. And um, because it's also something that I've had, I've struggled with in the past and then I'm starting to do a lot better with um, <laughs> because uh, I found it to be my peace, you know? So the this week's self-care tip of the week um, is just to spend a long time with yourself. Now, a lot of times we can be scared to spend time with ourselves because, um, you know, sometimes being alone leaves you with your thoughts and you don't really want to be left with those thoughts nor do you want to um, want to be like, you know, overwhelmed with all those thoughts. But here's the thing of why I'm saying it. You have to spend some time with you. You have to find a way to 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 pour back into yourself. You can do all the self-care tips that you want, you know, all the self-care you want. But if you do not recognize what time alone needs, um, you will always feel cluttered and overwhelmed. Take time for yourself to breathe. What I started doing is when I get home from work, I put my phone on do not disturb and I set an alarm for an hour and I allow myself that hour to be by myself. Whatever I want to do within that hour is for Dominique. Nobody can disrupt me. I don't feel guilty. Well, I've learned not to feel guilty anymore. I've learned to just embrace that hour because it helps me to rejuvenate. It helps me to to get a chance to be with myself. Now, whether that means for that hour, I go um, for a walk, whether it means for that hour, I take a nap, whether it means for that hour, I cook, whether it means for that hour, I, um, I go on a run, whatever I choose to do, it's something that I'm doing without the worry or guilt or interruption of somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And so you're just like, Dominique, so you just mean unplug for an hour? I mean, if that's what you want to do, 
But literally, it's an hour for you to have with your own thoughts and with yourself and, and, to, and to allow yourself to decompress. For me, it's more decompression because it's after work or whatever like that. But for others, it might be like on a Saturday. You just give yourself time for yourself uninterrupted. Like for me, a lot of the times when I take my hour for myself, it's sitting in my car. Literally. Sometimes it's before work. I mean, like sometimes it's before work. Sometimes it's at work. Sometimes it's after work. I would just sometimes it's even just on the weekend. Like when I have nothing to do, I will just go sit in the car put on some music and just sit there, sit there for a whole clean hour. And it's my escape. And I suggest that if if you live with people, go sit in your car for an hour, find someone, even if it's you sitting in a closet for an hour, take that time for yourself. Take that time for yourself. You'll need it and you'll be appreciative of it. Seriously. Just saying. (laughs) All right, let's continue. I'm so grateful for you guys, and we're coming to the end of another episode. Um, thank you so much, so much, so much for for being part of our community, always tuning in. I want to thank our guest, uh, Dr. Siobhan France, once again for for giving us her input, her story, letting herself, allowing herself to uh, use her voice um, and to 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 speak on something that we often look over. Um, it was a great experience having her and trust me, this will, be not the, this will not be the last time we have her on. Um, as always, I want to hear back from you guys. Love feedback, love the support. Um, so you can reach out to us always at mind yo, sorry. <laughs> you can reach us, at, reach out to us at mentalmindbiz at gmail.com. Once again, that's mentalmindbiz, B-I-Z at gmail.com. Also, you can... Um, follow us on all um, social media platforms at underscore mind yo biz b-i-z-z underscore mind yo biz b-i-z-z that's instagram that's twitter that's facebook um we have great content we i try to put out so much great content um and you know just trying to be there for you guys as much as you guys are there for me uh once always i love this community i love everything we represent i love how we come together so grateful for the unity that has been created and great and looking forward to so much more in our future um love you guys and i pray that you guys have a great rest of your uh, weekend um and and keep your heads up um you are black excellence you are divine you are beautiful you are magnificent and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. All right. I'll see you guys.